Do you have confidence in Parliament? They're meant to be watchdogs over government. How well do they do that job? Tell us on the SMS hotline. You can tweet us as well. And we've got two exceptional guests to talk to you about this story today. So we're told that the true test for any democracy is the extent to which its Parliament can ensure that government remains accountable to you, the people who voted for it. Parliament does this by constantly monitoring government's actions, and in this way, Parliament is able to ensure that service delivery takes place so that all citizens can have a better life for all. The Constitution positions Parliament at the core of our democracy, where laws should be made and accountability exercised. But so much transpires in Parliament these days that brings into question these main, uh, these main priorities of it where opposition parties are constantly accusing Parliament of shielding the ANC and its president. There are occasional attacks on members of Parliament that suggest they're not honourable, and even the Constitutional Court has found that Parliament acted wrongfully in dealing with the Encandler matter. So we'd like to chat to you about this and our guests. If you'd like to talk to us, 34701 at AM Live on SAFM, or you can find me at Darshan Mudley. So let's introduce those exceptional guests I told you about. On the forum at 8 this morning, we're speaking to the Deputy Speaker of the National Assembly, Lechisa Tsenodi. He's in our Bloemfontein studios. Deputy Speaker, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Dashin. Good morning to your listeners. And and your fellow panelists this morning, I'd like to introduce you to Rolf Mateka. He's the head of political economy at the Mapungubwe Institute for Strategic Reflection. He's in our Johannesburg studios here with us. Rolf, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. Good morning to listeners and good morning to Deputy Speaker in Bloemfontein. So, Deputy Speaker, perhaps we can start with you. You know, I I don't know how often we talk, you know, we do an education process of what actually is the responsibility of National Assembly. What do the speaker, what does the speaker do? So perhaps we can just focus in on this oversight role. How does, you know, Parliament and the National Assembly ensure oversight of government? Dashin, let's put that into some context that uh, the, the roles of Parliament are simple. The first one is to elect a president and then to oversee and hold the executive that he is going to appoint uh, to account and um, to become a tribune for a debate of publicly important issues. Uh, Those are some of the things that are critical to oversight. Uh, The monitoring and evaluation that you are talking about happens through inside parliament, both the National Assembly and the NCOP, but also it happens in commit, in the various committees in the work they do outside in interacting with national and provincial government departments and the public generally to create opportunities for people to react to what's happening, what is being proposed and what's uh, blocking uh, things from happening according to how they are planned and so on. And of course, the the other crucial role of parliament that I didn't mention is to uh, debate the not only the state of the nation, but the amount of money that is allocated and the resources for implementation of the overview that is presented by both the president and the minister of finance in presenting the budget on behalf of all of government. Ralph, would you agree with the Deputy Speaker that these are the key issues of oversight? Are there others you would add? Uh, 
Well, certainly, those are the most basic and the constitution provides explicitly for that role of parliament, where parliament is responsible for passing the laws, it is responsible for holding the executive to account, but uh, we also need to note the spirit of our constitution, where parliament is not only there to just uh, be a watchdog. It is indeed its responsibility, but it's, it, 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 its job is not limited to being a watchdog. We know that parliament can sit just about any where where the people are so even if we do not follow a, a, a strict uh, constituency system in South Africa members of parliament do go out to meet their constituencies they do go out and meet the people out there and then they take reflections from the people on what the people say about the policies and what the people say about service deliveries and that serves also as a basis for parliament to then uh, ask the executive how the executive is dealing with some of those issues and also quite interesting about our parliament also uh, it's 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 the the powers that it has when it comes to uh, even the budgeting processes we have uh, the law called the money bills amendment act and related matters act which allows parliament very interestingly not only to just say no or yes to uh, uh, the proposed budget from the executive but to also ask the executive if the budget address certain aspect and parliament can actually, upon reflection of course, upon setting up its own budget office, it can also uh, advise the executive on certain things that need to be in the budget, which means they can propose what needs to be in the budget. So in, 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 in South Africa, in the spirit of our constitution, parliament, as much as it holds the executive to account, it also has some level of responsibility to ensure that there is service delivery. Its job is not only to just fold the hands and, and, and ensure that the executive account it, 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 it assists the executive to some extent in the spirit of the constitution to bring about better governance, to bring about service deliveries to the people. Mm, I mean, I d- just quoting from the constitution, you know, mm. which, which gives us the guiding functions of oversight here. It says the functions are to detect and prevent abuse. That's, that's key, not just to find out when it's happening, mm-hmm. but to prevent it from happening. It also says also to prevent and detect arbitrary behavior, illegal and unconstitutional conduct on the part of the government and public agencies. At the core of this function is to the protection of the right and liberties of citizens. And, and I, b- before I ask this to the Deputy Speaker, I'd li- like to ask you this, Rob. Mm-hmm. How, how well do you think government is performing this function? It's, it's a mixed uh, uh, evaluation of how this, is, this function is being performed. And we also need to note as well, in the case of South Africa, that we have been into this uh, for about 21 years. And I think if you look at what we have achieved in the last 21 years, I think we are doing much better. And at times we learn through crisis so we learn through some of the problems that some people are not satisfied as to how some of the problems are being expedited or dealt with in parliament that for me is part of the process of the evolution of South Africa's democracy so if you look into how parliament has done in in, in expediting its function I think it is doing fairly well in areas where they they have erred on specific areas we can talk about there was no precedent and also I think we also need to understand as well the political culture in South Africa, does the political culture 
allows for a parliament that is rather bipartisan or nonpartisan. At this point, why we say there is a mixed review is because on some of the issues you can see, parliament has been largely partisan instead of being bipartisan or nonpartisan at all. You need to take it to that point. But I think we are we are on the right path when it comes to how the house is, is evolving and how South Africa's democracy is evolving. Deputy Speaker, I'd like to put the same question to you. How well do you think you're performing in this function of oversight on government? Uh, one of the most crucial part, uh, a test for that, is what the public hears and sees on a regular basis. In other words, to the extent that we are visible and accessible to the public so that they are able to follow the debate. In other words, seeing members of parliament uh, debating issues that the executive has presented before parliament in committees and uh, in a variety of uh, questions that are posed and responded to. Uh, But also um, what I referred to earlier, and Ralph has also uh, mentioned that, that in the interaction with the public on the ground, through our constituency offices, as MPs or others do not necessarily have offices, but they operate in specific sectors with NGOs and so on and so on, and bringing those uh, to bear on the uh, legal or policy initiatives. I think there's a, a, a good progress being done. There, there are good relationships that exist between committees of parliament and the sectors in which they operate. Of course, this is a mixed bag, to use a phrase used already, Mm -hmm. uh, that sometimes there are tensions and so on. There's an extent to which we could have done better. Uh, One of the constraints that committees of parliament have is the amount of time they have not only to go out to uh, as many projects and programs where they are located as is possible, and to spend more time there and with the public. Uh, and that constraint is both logistics and, 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 and monetary. Mm. But, I, but I think the, the, uh, there is also the turnover of MPs, which unfortunately also has a negative effect on the performance of parliament uh, across the board. Uh, we have 400 members in the National Assembly and about 90 in the National Council of Provinces. If, you, if we do not keep experienced um, MPs there and so on, the quality of work will suffer and will lead to some of the perhaps... Uh, it takes a long time for people uh, uh, to acquire the skills and the ability and the confidence to take on the authority, uh, the constitution and the rules of parliament gives them uh, to do their work. And those are factors that often affect the performance of of the of parliament and so on. Deputy Speaker, I'm going to invite our callers uh, to, to call in now and tell us what they think of parliament and the, the yeah. functions of oversight. Where would they like to see greater oversight? What do they think on, you know, ministers and, and members of parliament who fall asleep in the full view of cameras? We get to watch this at home, uh, Deputy Speaker, and it's, it's abhorrent to us to watch paid public officials fall asleep when you're presiding over crucially important issues. Uh, let's invite our callers to call in. What, what, do, what issues would they like to to bring perhaps there's even praise uh, that they'd like to bring on parliament today 0891 104 208 it's 20 minutes after eight o'clock and phineas has called in he's from cape town hi phineas 
Hello, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. It's Felix in Alfred. Felix, thank you very much for calling in. Yes, I, I think we, we, they are not telling us the truth. Our parliament is supposed to be able to bring the executive to account, to behave. Now, in the case in which the Constitutional Court has declared that our president, the president that was elected by this parliament, has not uphold his oath of office. He did not defend and uphold our constitution, which is the core duty we employed him to do. In that case, the parliament should have called him to order. They should have impeached him at least, so that he can go and face the consequences. But he didn't do that, he defended him. Now, if you want anything to run properly, you must take care of the head. If anything is rotting, it starts from the head. This is why we have this constitutional crisis right now. And the parliament is sitting down there watching because they are partisans. And this is sad. This is sad because our constitution is going down the drain. Finis, thanks for your call in Cape Town. Let's head now to the other coast in Durban. Raj is on the line. Hi, Raj. Hello. Good morning, Darshan. Good morning, Darshan, it is not only our parliament that shields one another in parliament. Members of the United Nations Security Council use their veto powers to block resolutions of United Nations. I'm talking here of Israel's expansion of settlement buildings in West Bank, which the International Court has called illegal, but United Nations has no powers to act. Thanks, thanks, Darshan. Thank you for that call, Raj. Uh, we'll move now to Mbombela, where Owen is calling. And hi, Owen. Hi, Darshan. I think uh, I've been watching Parliament over the years. Uh, this administration... I think Jacob Zuma is exposing them, the ones that are in Parliament, because they've got a lot to defend him for. Has it been another uh, president, someone who was uh, least in these controversies? I think maybe Palegambete would have seen the better side of her in Tinol. But now we only see the bad side of them because uh, their political boss is always mired in controversy. Thanks. Oh, and thanks for your call. Mike is in Newlands. Hi, Mike. Good morning, uh, Dushan, and good morning to your guests. I'm one of the uh, people who've been watching Parliament since the early days, and you're, I don't think anybody even watched it. It was probably just me and a few other uh, lonely people. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's been interesting to watch it. Nobody was interested in it because it was an honest Parliament run by an honest ANC. Today it's a corrupt Parliament, and it is totally irrelevant, and I couldn't disagree with your two deaths more. It's certainly not doing a good job. And it's certainly not holding executives the account. I'm not even going to, I mean, I've got a list as long as you are, but just from memory in the last few days, Zwani refuses to answer a question he's protected by the Speaker. We still haven't got an answer to the question for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we look at Blade. Blade didn't even bother to pitch up on the fees debate two couple of days ago. He had a Portfolio and Communications and Public Enterprises Committee with a Minister and Finance. And listen to this, gentlemen. Not even the Minister or Deputy Minister bothered to pitch up to the debate. They all knew about it. Uh, Dinell flew down to the debate and everybody sat there and, and the EFF, quite rightly, along with the DA, walked up because it's just become a complete and utter joke, which explains, by the way, as Parliament becomes more irrelevant as to why Belletti and Becker wants to put up security, because Parliament is becoming distanced from the people. That means nothing to the people. They just see it as the enemy, not as the friend. And soon these, these big windows are going to, these bulletproof windows are going to come up and it's just going to be in a, it, well, what it is already, a totally irrelevant body. And let's be honest, the power has long ago moved us from Saxon world to Dubai. So we could shut down Parliament tomorrow, save ourselves a lot of money in the country, wouldn't not even know. Thanks, Mike. We've got two more callers, and then we'll go back to our guest. We've got Elliot on the line from Limpopo. Hi, Elliot. 
very much, Dave. I think I've got two views. One is to appreciate the work already done by Parliament, especially on the subcommittee that had to select advocate uh, Tulima Donzela's uh, uh, successor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have done a very good job. They have worked overnight. They deserve a round of applause. Now, on the issue of members uh, of parliament not attending parliament sitting, it's really, really a funny issue. Mm. And I think the speaker, Balekam Better, must stop shielding and protecting the president, especially the president. Because if you can check, whenever the president has to come for questions in the parliament, Tenod is not chairing the, the, the proceedings. Mm. It's this Balekam Better who keeps on chairing the proceedings and he continues to protect the president. And that is a huge embarrassment to the country. I think Tenod should at one stage, take over the question and session. Uh, session. Thank you very much. Elia, thanks for your call. And uh, final caller for this round, at least, it's Dennis Bloom calling in from Pretoria. Hi, Dennis. Uh, good morning, uh, Dashin, and good morning to uh, the panelists, uh, the deputy, min- uh, deputy speaker and uh, Ralph. Morning, morning. You, you, you know, uh, uh, Dashin, the parliament have become the laughing stock of the world. Uh, in the first place, this uh, speaker... Uh, Baleka Mbet is not a speaker of parliament. She's a speaker to defend uh, uh, colleagues, uh, the ministers, the deputy ministers. It's a shame that uh, we are really violating the constitution of the country. The constitution of the country is saying that uh, the, the, the ministers uh, are accountable to parliament. The oversight of parliament is being violated because you, you are protecting. The, the, the members of the ANC are there to protect uh, the ministers. They are not there to, to, to hold the ministers to accountable. It's a very serious uh, a, a problem and a disgrace. That uh, I, I'm surprised that Ralph, uh, Ralph is saying that we are very, uh, doing very uh, well uh, in, in, in this parliament. It's not the truth. We must see, we must see that... Uh, 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 ministers are coming there into parliament, they uh, uh, question time, they are not que- uh, uh, answering their questions, they are being shielded by, uh, by the speaker. Uh, I must say, the deputy speaker is a little bit uh, better than uh, the speaker, because he is, he is uh, giving each and every one a chance, and uh, when a, a, a question is not answered, he is asking the minister, to 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 repeat uh, the, the the question it's it's not correct that we are saying that parliament is a little bit better i, I was there for 20, 20 years and this speaker is the worst speaker that we ever had uh, in in the history of that parliament dennis thanks for your call dennis bloom in pretoria uh, let's let's start with the deputy speaker, Latisa Tsenodi. Thank you once again in the, in our Bloemfontein studios, uh, Mr. Tsenodi. You know, one of the things that's come up is that the the reports are that the cope leader, Monsieur Lakota, right now isn't attending Parliament, and and that's since the Concord ruling on Inkandla. Is that true? And and what steps have you taken against him? No, um, Dashin, the the Constitutional Court. Uh, often allows Parliament, uh, say, eight, we give you 18 months, there's a defect in this area, uh, correct it. Sometimes it says we, this can't be said, it's incorrect, 
so it rides in there. So, and in the in the case of the president, the Concord was very explicit. There are specific things that the president must do. Deadlines were put that within such a time and such a time, that must be done and so on. And so our responsibility as parliament is obviously to monitor implementation of the decisions that the Concord has taken in the first place. So, m- m- Mr. And uh, Mr. that Deputy matter is before, can I mm-hmm. finish? Sure. The, sure. The, that matter is before parliament. Uh, parties have put uh, this matter there so that we find additional steps that must be taken, uh, if any. But generally, the wisdom that the Constitutional Court gave us about the recommendations of the public protector, but also of treatment of the reports of the of these bodies uh, that are crucial to our oversight responsibility, is what is guiding what we are doing now. Can I also say that um, it is incorrect to suggest that uh, the the speaker uh, uh, pro- protects the president when in fact the 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 speaker has agreed to every motion of no confidence that the opposition have placed before parliament for debate and when the speaker is in the chair she can't or any presiding officer can't determine the quality of the answer and so it is a slippery road to go into to to seek to demand the quality of the answer because if we do that we can be sucked into the debate themselves and for a presiding officer it is always wise to err on the side of allowing the debate to flow however uncomfortable each of the parties may feel with the answers that they are getting from those they are holding but it can't be put on necessarily on the on the speaker's role and so on. I, I, I have a different view on that one. But can I also say that incidentally for the for the caller who made a call earlier on that mm-hmm. uh, in fact people are watching Parliament more, including internationally, right throughout the continent, and people will be surprised at the concerns that people are expressing uh, about uh, what's happening inside our parliament and so on. And their concerns are very different sometimes to what we assume that they are concerned about. We agree that they are, uh, for example, on the question of the responses to questions by ministers. Those things are happening in public. It's a public record of the quality of their answers. And they are taking risks politically if they do not produce answers that any reasonable person would find appropriate. Deputy Speaker, so we, we have to that take a short break. That is the break. function of, a, of Parliament, to provide that space that such accountability is held publicly, that uh, we do not prevent people from uh, being uh, held accountable, which is what we do as presiding officers. Deputy Members, we as SABC, we are not apologetic on transformation of the organization. We are not going to stop by, no- by the noise because I think you as honorable members, maybe the inquiry should be, why are these people having so much interest? Maybe we need to start with them and inquire about them. What is this interest about these people who are having 
so much interested the SABC because I know why. I'm, I'm saying that, uh, uh, and members of this portfolio committee, they have taken an oath. And some of the issues that they are doing, really they are not adhering to the oath that they have taken. Especially honorable member here from DA. They know themselves that they do stuff that they are not supposed to do with some of SABC employees. We are aware about all these issues. So how are we going to respect this committee? Because you see, if you are saying you are uh, 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 members of parliament, you should be also honorable on your action. Some of members are not honorable in this case. ESCOM is on the roll. It's playing a vital role in the whole region. We are going to deliver, but we need your cooperation because this campaign to kill trust in ESCOM, to actually portray us as if we are committed or we are bought or we are captured, is nonsense. Please help us with this. The state was captured in 1948 when the nationalists came to power. We have contracts at ESCOM that have lasted 40 years, which were approved by the National Party government, giving huge prepayments, billions of dollars to the Anglos, to the other companies that were mining coal, the five coal suppliers to ESCOM, giving contracts by the National Party government. Those shareholders sitting in London all over the place have benefited on the sweat of our miners, have benefited taking money from this country because of the state capture. So please, when we talk of state capture, let us be clear what we are talking about. ESCOM wants to effect transformation in this country at a fundamental level. We want to not renew the contracts that are coming to an end belonging to these five big companies. We want to supply small miners, small black miners, small women-owned mines, because that is our duty if we are going to carry out the NDP. And we need cooperation from you as parliamentarians and leaders in society. And that was uh, appearing before the Portfolio Committee on Public Enterprises. The chairperson of ESCOM, Ben Ngubane, telling Parliament there is a campaign to kill trust in ESCOM and called for cooperation from Parliament members. And earlier you heard us play a clip there of uh, SABC boss Claudia Maswinang briefing Parliament last month, accusing members of Parliament of not being honourable and saying they had no reason to account to Parliament. We're on the line, of course, to two of our guests joining us on the show. Letessa Tsenodi is the Deputy Speaker joining us from our Bloemfontein studios. Mr Tsenodi, thank you once again for joining us and a very good morning to you. Good morning, good morning, Dashin. So how, how do you respond to the SABC boss saying you're not honourable? He's, he's one of the people that's called to account before Parliament and he's saying, well, Parliament doesn't account to anyone. You're not honourable and you're not doing the right things by us. No, he's out of order, <laughs> if I may say so. Um, no, no, uh, the, the rules are very clear. Any, uh, all committees of Parliament can summon anybody. Um, so that they must account to Parliament. Uh, there is a, a clause that uh, has to be read to witnesses uh, such as him when he comes before a committee of Parliament so that they are obliged to produce evidence, even if it has consequences for them uh, and so on. There are certain uh, uh, parameters within that. In other words, inst- all institutions and organs of state have to account to Parliament and they must be taken to task 
for the programs, for the staffing, for the budgeting, uh, for the resources they use to be able to carry out the public mandate that an institution such as the SABC has. So, no, 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 it's not appropriate. I think and we must uh, choose our language properly when we discuss with one another because it might um, create a hostility that is unnecessary. I think uh, the, the accountability is a necessary exercise to mutually certify each other that we are doing correctly. When you choose the root of insults, uh, you are choosing a way of handling things that uh, uh, prevent people from cooperating appropriately with you now and in the future. And that's not what you want. Human beings often use that as a basis to treat you with hostility completely and so on. So it's not wise to speak like that and talk like that. Ralph Mateka is our political analyst in studio with us. Ralph, I mean, what do you make of this? Well, you know what? My idea of uh, a functioning parliament maybe is probably different from what Mr. Bloom said uh, when he called a few minutes ago. Uh, uh, For me, when parliament functions, the assessment is not to be made when you look at the agreements among political parties. Let's say the ANC and the DA agreeing to have an inquiry into state capture. For me, lack of agreement on that does not mean parliament is dysfunctional. Because we need to notice very well that what parliament has to do is to put ideas in the open and have them debated in the open. And when a particular political party takes a stance that people think it's actually a hindrance to parliament performing its function. We shouldn't underestimate that the, 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 the viewers at home, the voters are actually watching and they can therefore assess the party on the basis of that. But there are those who tend to believe that uh, voters have got no space there and uh, parliament function properly only when the parties agree to, to, to a motion and only when the parties uh, strike a consensus within parliament. For me, that is not the case. Uh, I'll give an example. When last week when the ANC took a strong stands and, and, and defeated a motion to institute an inquiry into the so-called state capture. Some people might have seen it as a loss. For me, it's not a loss because the viewers at home, the voters, are, are watching carefully the position of parties on different things. And the voters then make their position on that as to whether who to vote for in the next election and forth. But in South Africa, we tend to go about this as if voters have got no voice, as if voters are not being able to watch if the answer that is being provided in parliament is actually a feeble answer, it's actually an unreasonable answer which shows contempt to the voters. We should leave it to the voters actually to assess because they are seeing that. And and that's why I agree with Mr. Tsonodi when he says that uh, uh, the speaker cannot demand uh, 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 the correct answer from whoever is responding in parliament. If the speaker allows for the question to go ahead in parliament, and I've spent time in parliament, I've watched how parliament works, even in committees where a great deal of work gets done than in the gallery. So when the speaker raises, uh, uh, when the speaker says that uh, maybe a member or a member of the executive has to respond, and if the member of the executive gives a poor answer, it's not up to the speaker. It is up to the viewers at home to see that this group of people, these people, this parliamentarian, this party and so forth, or whoever it can be, they are incapable of sustaining their position. Is, is Voters this... can see that and they can vote on the basis of that. But should the speaker also allow for that debate to continue? I mean,
mean, part of the accusation, as you've heard from a number of the yes. callers, is that not only does the speaker, or in this case the deputy speaker, prevent this conversation from happening or protect these individuals, you know, in fact, the, the, the matter is forgotten entirely later on. We're not yes. asking for facts. We're just leaving the comment as it stands. Should the speaker not allow for the debate, allow for more contestation in Parliament? The speaker should allow for more contestation on the, on, 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 on the issue, on whatever motion is being dealt with in Parliament. But it's not up to the speaker to therefore have to second guess when it comes to the quality of answers and, 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 and rebuttal that comes out in Parliament. That, if, if the answers are so poor and if the rebuttals are so poor, that then is a reflection on the quality of uh, membership in Parliament. That is uh, something quite different. And I also think also, Dashin, to emphasize that voters are actually watching. If you look at uh, 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 what, if you talk to people out there, they have all views about the Ngandla issue, for example. It's because they have seen the defense that has come forth in Parliament. They have weighed in on those defense. They've looked at that. And I think they are using Mm -hmm. that information to make that decision. We cannot have a situation where we think that uh, Parliament works better only if the conversation among political parties is quite decent. Parliament is not for political parties at the end of the day. It is supposed to be for the voters out there. Political parties have to go about doing their responsibilities, offering answers as honest as they can. And the viewers at home, potential voters are watching and they will make that decision on the basis of what they see. Deputy Speaker, I'm again going to read on part of what what is the objectives of Parliament, and and this comes again. It says, you know, one of the one of the objectives is for it to enhance public trust in government. Do you feel like you you're able to enhance the public's trust in government when sometimes the answers we hear from Parliament are just weak excuses, and and you know, ultimately at the end of the day, don't seem to answer the questions that the public has. Uh, Dashin, the that injunction uh, by government, we mean the entirety. Uh, the Constitution uses that word there to mean it in the entirety. People are able to see that uh, the executive is held to account so that when people give answers uh, to things, uh, in the majority of instances, do ministers do that? Did the Minister of Finance give poor answers to questions that we asked? Did other ministers give poor answers? Deputy Speaker, it seems we've lost his line. We're going to try to get him back on the line. But if you'd like to call us, well, here's a perfect chance to call in. 0891104208. Okay, it seems as though we do have the Deputy Speaker back on the line. Deputy Speaker, yes. we, we had a bit of a problem with your line in Bloemfontein. I'm, I'm apologizing. Okay. It seems we've dropped there for a second. But perhaps right. I can ask you to, to address this issue before we go back to our callers. Uh, there was this issue of Inkandla, and Parliament was, was told since this Concord ruling to deal with it. You know, Lawson Naidu from KSAC has just tweeted saying, what is Parliament doing to remedy the violation of the Constitution that the Concord found during the Inkandla case? W- what have you done? Well, in the first place, I spoke to this matter earlier on, saying that the Concord have explicitly pointed out uh, what the president must do. That matter is for us to ensure that it happens as the court decided in the first place. This is on our terms. And part of the work, I said that this matter is before Parliament now as we speak, that uh, in the meetings that have been called, but also in the discussions of committees, this matter has been raised that already we have guidance. There's express 
Root pointed out that uh, holding those ministers account to on issues that happen there, and also the, a series of debates must take place. There are some demands that some parties are making about what must happen. Those matters are on the agenda of Parliament that needs to be debated and discussed by Parliament. That's part of the work that Parliament has to do. But in our interaction with the institutions uh, that support democracy. Uh, the management of their reports and how we handle them, uh, that's going to influence both our programming and our management of the outcomes of what they bring to us by way of recommendations. That's the explicit uh, guidance that we have said the Concord decision gives us. Has Monsieur Lakota been attending Parliament? Because there are reports that the COPE leader has refused to step into Parliament since his Concord ruling. Well, he's been in Parliament. Cope is participating in the debates. But I also see how his not coming uh, influences anything for the better or for the worse. He just misses opportunities to influence things in the right direction. You see, uh, Dustin, when a person says you, um, you make a decision on the Constitutional Court, I thought that's the authority of the Constitutional Court to make that decision. Uh, not us inside Parliament now and then throwing the book at each other as if we are correct. On many instances, that has not proved to be correct. Uh, it's, a, it's a debating uh, tactic that is used. Um, the test is when it finally does get there and it is proven that it is incorrect and so on. It's approaching 12 minutes to 9. We're going to take a short break and wrap up with our callers right after this. If you'd like to call in 891 104.4, the home of SAFM in Durban. Durban. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Next, ID, please. <laughs> I suppose you still use a brick for a cell phone. Why do you say that? Because you still carry an ID book when you can have a smart ID card. Um, well, I... Uh-uh, uh-uh. Come on. Just apply online for your smart ID card and even your passport from the comfort of your home or office. Visit dha.gov.za. Then click on eHome Affairs. Then wait to be invited to any of the participating bank branches for our fingerprints. Yes. Protecting your identity in a smarter and safer way. The Department of Home Affairs. We care. It took decades for South Africa to have the constitution it has today. The least we can do is take a few seconds to understand it. Section 32 of the Bill of Rights states that everyone has the right of access to any information held by the state and any information held by another person, and that is required for the protection Protection of any rights. rights. SAFM, we can't put a price on our constitution, but we can remind you about its infinite worth. And that's what makes us South Africa's news and information leader. It's your favorite time of the morning, the Forum at 8. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. It's 10 minutes to 9. Do you have confidence in Parliament to be watchdogs over government? The SABC COO, Claudi Matsuneng, saying that Parliament members are not honourable. And this morning, Letisa Tsenodi, the Deputy Speaker, saying that's out of order. We've got Lazarus Siema tweeting, saying Parliament has become a circus. How can we take them seriously? I've lost faith in them. Kloni Nyatanyaya is saying by default, the Deputy of Parliament is to protect 
the duty rather of Parliament is to protect Zuma from public accountability and open the public purse to the Guptas. We have Martin on the line calling in from the Kruger National Park. Hi, Martin. Hi, how are you? We're doing very well, Martin. What do you have to say? Uh, I feel so much disappointed with the two guests, especially from the deputy speaker there. Uh, They know quite well that uh, we cannot leave everything to things that we view, but we expect them as the public office bearers to to give positive responses uh, uh, tenuously, because for us to wait for five years to say that one didn't respond well, uh, therefore not voting this part into office again, I think is too late. They need to, to be more proactive, but I think the multi-party democracy there is being suppressed since the fact that uh, when issues have been debated because of the majority that we have from the ANC, people don't use uh, the, the the common sense in the whole matter. They just vote with the party to reject everything regardless of the genuine of the matter because it's being posed by the opposition parties. And I think that is what uh, Killing the whole debate in Parliament mm-hmm. that things that of are of greater importance because of the numbers of the ANC they just rubbish everything like state capture is very obvious is very imminent why reject the motion of those things why reject something that uh, ANC is crying about the ACDP is crying about concern is crying about but mm-hmm. when it goes to Parliament they they reject it. What is it that uh, they want to achieve? Martin, Two and a half years mm-hmm. is too far away. We need them to do things correct right now. Martin in Kruger National Park. Thanks for your call. In Port Elizabeth now, Joshua is on the line to us. Hi, Joshua. Good morning, uh, Good morning, Darshan. Thanks. I'd, I'd just like to acknowledge um, the Justice Portfolio Committee for commendable process in the appointment of the new public protector. This is a prime example of a, a parliament at work. Uh, parliament, in my view, is working, doesn't. The, the problem that we have before the, the um, advent of the EFF, we did not really ask this particular question. As soon as they, they arrived, they really choked the workings of Parliament to an extent that it's difficult for, to, for the executive to account to the citizens of South Africa. Parliament, visualize Parliament as, as, as performers on a stage, and the audience are the citizens of South Africa. So whenever Parliament conducts its business, it should not think it conducts its business in front of those that they can see in, mm-hmm. that, in, that, in that room. They actually conduct their business in front of the citizenry, whenever they speak, they should be mindful that there are people watching and listening, children wanting to learn and everybody else. But they do the opposite. And, and, and the opposition parties need to take blame for that. Um, when parties go to the podium, they go mindful of the fact that they have an allocated speaking time. What is very frustrating is that they don't lead by example uh, the, the, these parties, especially the opposition parties, because they exceed their speaking time. 
And when reprimanded by the presiding officer, they continue making a mockery of, of what Parliament is trying to achieve. The, the, the question is, what then do we learn from, from our lawmakers? Joshua, let's leave it there. Joshua and Portillas, we've got two more callers and we still want to wrap up with our guests. Miss Naidu in, on the line to us from Durban and then we're going to speak to Kaya and Hafmeyer. Miss Naidu, hi. Hi, Dashin. Dashin, I just want to talk about Baleka and Bete. My God, it is so obvious. I watch Parliament every Tuesday, Wednesday, and my God, she is shielding the president no matter what she cuts the opposition. She's against the EFF. I know, you know what, uh, it is so obvious. But look at uh, Makosi Koza, who presided over the appointment of the public protector. I admire that woman, the way she uh, went through the whole process. You know, nobody felt uncomfortable. And my God, I want to know why is Baleka in better? And most of the ANC ministers shielding Jacob Zuma when the court itself found him, found that he uh, went against the Constitution. I can't believe that, you know, because of Baleka and Betty and Jacob Zuma, the ANC is going down. Miss Naidu and Durban, thanks for your call. Kaya and Hoffmeyer, just a few seconds left for you, Kaya. I'll be quick, but sure. uh, if the Honorable Deputy Speaker had time, he would have taken you through and all South Africans through the program of Parliament. I have got full confidence in the Cabinet and the Parliament as a whole because you can hear how many bills have been passed in Parliament, how in terms of the program of Parliament, the Parliament has, 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 has worked, including the appointment of the public protector, which people of South Africa are selectively saying it was done well. It is because of that Parliament. The Parliament is working. Thank you, Tashian. Thank you very much, Kaya. Deputy Speaker Lechisa Tenodi, I'm going to give you some of the remaining time. There still seems to be a number of questions, you know, that I have at least. You know, who yes. at you know, on the day, how do you decide who gets to be Speaker? You know, there's been a okay. lot of praise for you and some admonishment for, for Baleke Mbete when she does preside over Parliament. I mean, how, how do you decide, you know, do you choose in the morning who gets to do the job that day? Um... There's, there are officials who do a presiding uh, schedule. Uh, it is based on our availability and uh, issues before the House. Uh, um, um, but the, the hierarchy applies here. The Speaker comes first, I follow, and the other people. And that's essentially how it happens. Sometimes, unfortunately, because of availability, um, we are not able to come back and so on. But, Dushin, can I point mm-hmm. out... Sure. Uh, that um, some of the callers conflates parliament with ANC positions. Mm-hmm. And so when I speak here, I'm speaking uh, on behalf of the institutions. For example, the reason the ANC rejected the state capture resolution, uh, there is an amendment that they were putting across, which we said does not uh, uh, fall within the, the rules as is required which was stating a a different perspective 
to the same thing, but leading to an investigation, leading uh, submission to police and so on. So that uh, we must be able, with your help, Dashin, and the way you react to some of the questions, be able to point out that's a party political position, that's an institutional position. We need to clarify that. We we absolutely uh, need the uh, 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 insistent on the multi-party, for example, uh, participation. Everybody has an, must have an opportunity. Uh, they must be able to put across what they're able to do. And I think we've been doing well around that issue, uh, generally speaking. The allocation of time is the most important one that I think the, the one of the callers, I think it's Joshua from PE, pointed out. And this is what gives the impression, for example, uh, you yourself were saying, Elion, why don't we allow the debate around these issues? But the parties themselves have agreed on time allocations. We serve to enforce the time allocations. So when they want to come back to keep uh, on the same question, uh, expressing dissatisfaction with the answer and so on and so on, they exceed not only their time, but they also exceed the time of other political parties who have questions that they want to pose, who also want the satisfaction that their answers have been uh, answered. So we have to manage within the constraints set by the uh, political parties themselves, not ourselves. Ours is to ensure that they stay within the time allocated. Uh, the ministers themselves and, and deputy ministers, when they do respond, there are time limitations. So we must keep them. So even when you would have laughed to have had that follow-up uh, yourself outside or the people themselves inside, Time allocation prevents us from doing that. Uh, when, uh, Our time uh, allocation has also prevented us from continuing this conversation. Absolutely. That's a good example of that. <laughs> Parliament has to work within the same constraints. Deputy Speaker, thank you so much for joining us. Deputy Speaker, Lachisa Chinodi, other lighters from Bloemfontein, and Ralph Mateka, our political analyst, joining us here in Auckland Park. From all of us on the team, thank you so much for joining us today.